17, verse number 6. Nope, I'm... No, okay, I, I didn't do that. Let me... Ah, that God. I ain't got... Get, just just bear, but hang with me. I don't know, but this thing may not work. I may be pitching it out in the yard in a minute. Judges 17, verse number 6. In those days, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. All right, Judges chapter 21, verse 25. It reads the same, almost identical, the same thing. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. In the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord said this, Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. God said, I don't want you to do it what's right in your own eyes, but we come to the book of Judges and all of a sudden we see a nation and God's indictment to this nation is this. In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. As we begin to think about this, I'm interested in the fact the Bible says that there was no king. So I've titled this, A King or a judge. The word king, if you define it, it means a male ruler of an independent state, one who inherits the position by right of birth. A ruler, sovereign, all-powerful, monarch, crowned head, uh, emperor, prince, lord. But notice, the Bible says, there's no king. There was no king in Israel. So the Bible tells us that God raised up judges. You'll find, well, there, I'm going too fast. All right, judges. I don't know if this is going to work or not, amen. Is a person who decides the results of a competition or watches for infraction of the rulers. It is a person who is able or qualified to give an opinion about something, forming an opinion about a circumstance. That is a judge. The Bible says in Judges chapter 2, verse 16, nevertheless, nevertheless what? Because there's no kings in Israel. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. If we follow the history of God's people, we soon realize something, that a great error has taken place. But it didn't start here in the book of Judges. Don't, don't miss this. It started in the heart. The proverb writer said in 21.2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord pondereth the heart. The problem was, every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes. Now, it didn't say every man was doing evil, nor does it say every man's doing wrong, nor does it say that every man's doing... He says every man did that which was right. They believe they're doing right. My, this problem is a mirror image of the problems in America today. I mean, when it becomes to kings in our lives, instead we 
are doing that which is right in our eyes. One of the most interesting things you begin to talk to people is, is their ideal of right. Not wrong, not wrong. I mean, uh, rarely does occasionally we'll, we'll meet someone and they'll, they'll say, you know, you know I, I met a man the other day, went and visited a man the other day and, and uh, talked to him about salvation. He said, yes. I said, well, sir, uh, are you ready to meet God? He said, no, I'm so backslid. It's, it's scary. And it's rare that you ever get that. Most of the time you get, oh, I'm okay, I'm all right. I'm good, I'm, I'm okay. First Peter 4.17, however, tells us, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, why shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? No wonder the lost are not interested in what we got to say because the truth is, our right's not right. But we think it's right, amen. We think it's right. So God comes along and, and, and I want you to notice here the path that they took. We find that, that first of all, they, they took a path of a reckless cycle. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Judges, but I hope you will. The book of Judges follows this pattern through the entire book. Judges chapter number two. You'll find, first of all, they forgot the Lord. Notice, and all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Now, Forgetting the Lord leads to the next thing of forsaking the Lord. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and serve Balaam. Now, forgetting the Lord leads to forsaking the Lord leads to God bringing trouble and judgment. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he delivered them into the hands of the spoiler that spoiled them and sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. And whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. For as the Lord has said, as the Lord has sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Notice, they forgot the Lord. I do it myself. They forsook the Lord. The heart's evil. Now, they are, God's bringing trouble, distressing. They're, they're troubled. And then, they cried unto the Lord, and God brought a deliverer. And when the Lord raised him up judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge, for repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. He restored their peace. In verse number 16, Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges which delivered out of the hands of all those that spoiled them, and there was peace in the land. And guess what they would do? They would turn right around. And just as soon as that judge died, they would start the cycle all over again. It may, and you just, all you got to do is just read the book of Judges. And one judge would be raised up. They would do right, peace in the land. 
and then they would forget God, forsake God. God would judge. God, they would cry. God give them a deliverance, and they started the whole cycle. And it's just a reckless cycle over and over. You say, why did they do that? Well, they did that because there was no king in Israel. And every man did that which was right in his own eyes. So how, why, why, did, why did they just... You know, you would think after a while they would have learned, hey man, we passed by this tree before. I mean, we've been by here, you know. Kind of like the fellow, he won't stop and ask directions, but when he makes the block 10 times, he'll stop and ask directions. You know, I think we passed this store 10 minutes ago. And, and they just keep going around the same cycle over and over. Let me, let me put us in this cycle. We, 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 we're doing pretty good. We don't need God, so we just leave him out. Then all of a sudden, judgment, we start struggling a little bit. Then we, we, we start crying out, God had delivers us and helps us and we're doing really good. And then we don't need God no more, so we start to cycle all the way around, all over again. So, how does this start? Number one, it starts with a rejected authority. In those days, there was no king in Israel. The root problem of this people was they rejected the authority in their life. They decided, I don't need his authority. They decided they didn't, they didn't need what he had to say. They decided they knew more about what was right than God knew what was right. I, I'm amazed at this. The land, however, was filled with violence and uh, adultery and immorality and pagan beliefs. Yet they thought they were right. The value system, the moral standards, uh, the doctrines, the practice had lost touch with absolute truth. And reason why they was no authority. And I'm honest with you, folks. We, we're just about there now. We're just about, as a nation, there to dot. We've just about pitched out authority out the door. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Justice was replaced with revenge. Forgiveness was replaced with unforgiveness. Love was replaced with bitterness and anger. I don't know if you noticed this. Do you see people more angrier than they've ever been? I mean, more violent, more angry. You know why? Because they have rejected the authorities in their life. And the ultimate rejection is, God, you won't tell me what to do. I know what's right. I decide right. I know what's right. I don't need you to tell me what's right. I love this. I forget who was it was uh, telling me this one time, and they uh, they uh, said that they invited somebody to church, and uh, and they looked at him and said, "Listen, why do I need 
to go down that church to tell for that preacher to tell me what's right. I know what's right. I know what's right. So what they're saying is, I'm, I'm no, I don't need no authority in my life. And so they, they ignored, they ignored. And there's no shame, there's no authority. And, and oh my goodness, we just, that, that's the reason why you got kids going into school shooting one another. We've destroyed that authority. There's no authority in school. There's no authority in our homes. We've allowed our government, and we're going to reap the price of it. We're going to reap the price of it. And I'm not talking about those that were that were abusive. There's a way to discipline and not be abusive. I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying this. Moms and dads have no authority in the home anymore. No authority whatsoever. And because of that, we're raising a bunch of rebels. A bunch of rebels. And that, that bunch of, is going to raise a bunch like you've never seen in your entire life. Because they have rejected authority. Now, why did they reject authority? Well, let me show you why. A reasoned right. A reason, right. Hey, like my, hey, like my, uh, I looked a long time on that. Y'all say amen. <sighs> Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. We, uh, one of our folks seen some, some people that come to church here several years ago. And they asked them this question. Well, listen, we are you going to church? Well, we, we, we do church at home now. We do church at home now. It's become a very popular thing. However, it is right in their own eyes, but it's not right in this book. Now, I know the passage they use. They use this passage in the book of Acts where, where they went from house to house doing this. Can I remind you, there was not that local place where they could come. There was no buildings built. But once churches were established, the Bible says, for second, not uh, the assembling of yourselves together. You know why they like home church? Because there's no authority there's no pastor who's preaching who's accountable where's the storehouse you say you say why it's a reasoned right it says I'll make up my own rules it is I'll become my own pastor and uh, we, we it, it's amazing uh, they've taken the truth of this book and they have literally they have literally said okay I know what God said but but bunch of goats button all the time but I think this is right reason right is done because of several reasons number one this is my favorite one well, I feel I feel the most damning thing about your damning nature is your feelings. And if you're putting confidence in that, you're in a mess already. I was, we, we go up to 
to uh, Abley's and Eat, and they play music. They played in the 70s. And me and Darlene just look, and we smile at one another, and we reminisce. Because we listen to the music. You know what's, what's amazing? I can remember every word of some of them songs. I can't remember last week's nothing. And it, it, it creates a feeling. Ain't much God about it, but it creates a feeling. You understand your feelings? I feel. I want to ask you a question. Have you, have you, have you put it up against God's right and see how it pans out? How it pans out. I'm amazed at this. I'm absolutely amazed at this. And, and, and I'm very rare, very rare have I ever seen, maybe once or twice, but, but not much. And, uh, uh, someone, they'll make decisions and you'll say, well, I feel, and I'll say, listen, has God, is this what God told you to do? Is this what God wants you to do? Is this what God's leading you to? I feel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Number two, would you understand this? My right and your right might be totally different. Do you understand? There's not no two people, there's not two people in this building that will come together a hundred percent on what's right about everything. Not two people in this building. God made you with a brain. Now some of mind you, some of yours is very small, but that's okay. It's in there somewhere rolling around. Every person has their ideal of what's right. Let me illustrate it. If I did this, what would you say? Now, if you had been my daddy, put your hand, Jill Mary's to point, don't you do that, boy. That ain't right. But for other people, it means nothing. His ideal of right. Your ideal of right. My ideal of right. Because what happens is, we bring our bringing up into our right you know and then some of you had a great heritage and you've never known anything about uh, uh, about uh, anything wrong you've, you've been brought up in church you saved in church been brought up in and, and you look at somebody that drinks you say my god that's that's just terrible but somebody that's been drunk all their life I love this this old boy got saved and he come to the preacher the next week he said preacher I want you to know I just drank three beers this week you say, man, that ain't right. Well, he was drinking a case a day. And preacher said, well, well, son, now next week, just try not drinking none. Hallelujah. All right. Our perception of right. Number one, our feelings. Number two, what we consider right. Why, Lord, our mercy. You, you, and, and so... As a matter of fact, we got schools today replacing creation with evolution. They're teaching our kids like ape, that they come from apes. So why are we so surprised when they act like a bunch of animals? Amen. Murder, crime, assault, rape, 
pregnancies, immorality, rebellion, drunkenness is rampant in our schools. And they think it's right. They think it's right. Ben Chevron once said, you shouldn't worry because the government won't allow your children to have Bibles in schools. They'll get a free Bible when they go to prison. Whoa. See, our, our problem starts no king in Israel, no authority, no authority of his word. And then when there's no king, then it's going to be left to us to decide what's right in our own eyes. 1992 and 1993, Barna reported among Baptists Surveyed. Here's what they said. 1992 and 1993. 10, 11 years ago. Listen. 22% worship idols. 43% swear and use God's name in vain. 64% work on the Lord's day. 19% dishonor parents. 14% commit adultery. 6% steal from others regularly. 48% lie regularly. 36% covet the things that others possess. That's been 10, 11 years. Do you suppose it's gotten worse? 20 years. 20 years. Thank you. I want to go back to school and learn to count. 20 years. In 20 years, and I don't know what those numbers are, but in 20 years, could you imagine what they... This was 20 years ago what those numbers are now and here's the attitude of course you think you're right of course you think you're right when others say you're wrong but what does the Lord God of heaven say the great curse on humanity is every man's arrogant confidence in his own opinions Psalms 94.11, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, and they are vanity. The word vanity there is empty. God says you're empty-headed. That's what God said. 1 Corinthians 3.18, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. From the foolish teenagers speeding to the foolish adults who think that they're right, they'll never suffer the consequences of their actions. So we rush blindly doing what we think is right. Mercy. And then we approach the Bible, God's Word with the same arrogance. We debate adultery and fornication. Well, everybody's doing it. We debate spanking a child. And, and then we raise a rebellious generation. One like this world. And I'm amazed at this. I, I, I think sometimes they don't think God sees. And you know why? Because they think they're right. Jeremiah, am I a God? Am I a God that hands saith the Lord and not afar off? Can any hide himself in a secret place? I shall not see him. Saith the Lord, do not I feel heaven and earth? Saith the Lord, isn't it amazing uh, that we that we literally that we literally live our lives to the point 
that we don't even think that God sees us. For the word of God is quick and sharp and powerful and sharpening a two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing center of soul and spirit, the joints of man, the discerner thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And we, we justify. We're masters at justification. Are we not? We're masters at it. God says, if you won't forgive, he won't forgive you. And yet, I, I, and, and I don't know, but, but if I was to line you up and if I could get an honest answer, here's what you'd probably say. You don't understand what they've done. You don't understand what they've done to me. You don't understand what they've done to me. You know why? Because you've done decided your unforgiveness is right. Yet this book says it's wrong. That's wrong. You've done decided that your right is that it's okay, that it's okay to be unthankful. After all, you got things so bad. It's so terrible. So you've justified, even though God says for us to always be thankful. I mean, this book is full of stuff. And what happens is, when God shows us, we start saying, well, well, I don't know if I agree with that. It ain't open for your debate. It's God's Word. I I won't take time to do it, but from Judges 17 and 6 and Judges 21 and 25 is bookends that God put. Judges 17 and 6. One bookend says... They did that which was right and wrong. And Judges 21, 25, it's bookends. Go home and read them chapters. Don't read them now. Go home and read them. Because what it'll do, it'll tell you something about where they was at. You say, preacher, I don't agree with the home church. It's there in Judges 17, chapter 17, verse 6. There's a boy who decides to steal his mama's money. She says, I'll tell you, if I find out who it is, I'm going to curse him. He gets scared. He confesses up. And you know what she does? She blesses him for his wrong. She blesses him. She don't correct him. She don't make him stand accountable for his action, but she blesses him. They buy out of God's. Guess what does? She makes him a priest. That He becomes a priest in that family. And all of a sudden, guess what? They have a home church as ungodly as anything you've ever seen in your life. And it's all right there. It's all right there. Let me get to the fourth point. Amen? Get to the fourth point. What's the remedy? Second Samuel 19. And then King David said to Zadok and Abiathar, the priest saying, speaking to the elders of Judah, saying, Why are ye the last to bring the king back to his house? Seeing the speech of all Israel has come to the king, even to his house. Verse 12, you're my brethren, you're my bones and my flesh. Wherefore then are you the last to bring back the king? Here's the remedy. Got to get the king back. Got to put the king back. Got to bring the king back. Got to bring the king back in our homes. Got to bring the kings back in our family, in our marriages. Got to bring the king back. 
God, bring the king back. The children of Israel here, you'll find when they got tired of the judges, they said to Samuel, Samuel, make us a king. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Like the rest of the world. Samuel's whining. And God says, oh, shut up. They ain't rejecting you. They're rejecting me as their king. And God gave them a king that they wanted. And he stood in the shadows because he really wanted to be their king. And tonight, he wants to be your king. He wants to be the king in your marriage. He wants to be the king in your home. He wants to be the king in your life. The Bible says, 1 Timothy 1.17, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. See, when we serve the king, then what we do is, we allow his book to tell us what's right. And it is absolutely amazing the right that's in this book. Matter of fact, it all is. You got a problem? There's an answer there. Got a circumstance? There's an answer there. Whatever struggle you have, it's there. But we got to get the king back in our lives. Number two, we got to tell others about the king. Psalms 91 verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. Listen to what he said. I will be the Lord. I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord around. He is my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. Did you hear what I said? He's my refuge. So I believe people need a refuge today. I believe we're flipping out. I think we're blowing out. I think we're melting down. I think we're falling all to pieces. We need a refuge. Psalmist said, uh, He's my refuge. I believe we need a fortress. Did the devil's attack it? I believe we need a fortress. He's my fortress. I believe we need a God. He said, He's my God. In Him will I trust. What's the remedy? The remedy is people need someone to trust. Jesus is king, amen. The people, the men and women of the ancient world knew this, that the power of life and death was in the king. They knew that before the king you either bowed or you perished. They knew you either obeyed the king or you lost your head, amen. You know why? Because he was king. I believe here tonight we need a king. So, if he's not allowed, if he's not allowed to be king, then he will become our judge. Did you hear what I said? If he's not allowed to be king, then he will become our judge. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heavens fled away, and there was found no place.
for them. Now, I know he's speaking of the lost here. I understand that. But the children of Israel had a choice. They could have chosen a king. But you know, there was no king in Israel. And so they chose every man did that which was right in his own eyes. It's the most damning thing that's happening in our country today. Instead of what God said is right, what this book says is right. And here's what's, here's what's scary. We're not ignorant of that. We know. We know. We've been in church enough to know. Uh, how did I get this thing off? No? Start it over. What? No, I'm going to stop it. Yeah. Didn't give me the off button. Amen? Here tonight, if he's not allowed king, I love this. He is not going to come up, grab you by the nap of the neck, pitch you in the altar, and turn your arm and say, you may be king. He will never do that. Never has and never will. But if you invite him to be your king, he'll be king. And if he's not allowed to be king, he will become your judge. Let's all stand to our feet.